This is Island Waves. You're listening to Something to Talk About, a series on everyday people and giving them a voice into their lives. Island Waves, the voice of Prince Edward. is Island Waves, and you're listening to Something to Talk About with your host, Brittany Williams, and today's guest, Joan Doucette. Joan was born in Prince Edward Island. She spent 20 years working as an educational assistant in the PEI school system. She became certified in both Hatha Yoga and Reflexology. She published a children's book in November of 2022 called The Adventures of Cooper the Field Mouse, based on a cross-Canada trip she took with her partner in 2018. Welcome to the show, Joan. Hi. So you were born in PEI. Where about? The, the West End, a small place called Palmer Road. Oh, and what was it like growing up? Well, it was very much in the country. It was, it was busy, lots of kids around, two-room schoolhouse. It was a fun time. Did you have any siblings? I had eight siblings. Wow, that's yeah. a big family. It was a big family, yes. And what was family life like for you? We did our chores. We had always had a set of chores to do, but we also had a lot of free time. I spent a lot of my time outside as best I could, mostly in the woods, at the beach, climbing trees. Mom called me a monkey, uh, probably <laughs> for good reason. Yeah, it was, it was a fun time. We had a really good childhood. That's good. Yeah. And what were your dreams growing up as a kid? My dreams were to do some traveling. I spent so much time in nature that for me as a kid, my, my wish was to work with animals as I grew up, but that didn't, that didn't happen, but I always had an animal in my life, be it dogs or cats. Or... And did you do any writing when you were a child? No, I really disliked school as a child. Really? <laughs> I remember when I finally was done of school, I remember saying to myself, that is the last time I set foot in the school until I have to go for my child's report card. However, I ended up working in school. Yeah, how ironic. <laughs> how ironic. Yes. How did you end up there? Well, as special needs students were very dear to my heart. I did some work on a volunteer basis to see if it was something that really was something I wanted to do. And, and I realized I did. So I took some training at Holland College. That's where my career led me. Wow. And how long was the program that you did? It was a, a one-year program. And I did it while I was working in the kindergarten. Uh, it was... Um, there is, I believe, a longer version of it, but because I was working, they did a condensed version. That's handy. It was handy, yeah. And did you good. ever work in any of the schools that you, your two boys went to at all? Actually, yes. My last school, uh, Southern Kings, was a school that my boys went to. So it was, it was rather interesting. They were already gone. They were done, done school by that okay. time, and they had moved away. But that when I really, when I finally hit that school, they were already adults. And what was your favorite thing about being an educational assistant? The kids. They're amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And how many schools did you work in, like all of them across the island? I actually started when I was up west in Callahan Junior High. And when I moved, when I moved east, then I, I worked in, let me see, one, two, three, four, five different schools. As an educational assistant, you have a one-year contract. So you never know from year to year, if you're going to be in the same school, sometimes I was for a number of years, sometimes uh, it was like a more of a relief position. So then I was, or if the, a student that I 
from that school was moved into a next school. Then, then they sent me to a different school. And you were doing yoga while you were an educational assistant? Yes, I was. I started doing yoga probably a few years, maybe seven or eight years after I started as an educational assistant. So I worked in my yoga profession in the evening and I was lucky enough to start working with some of the students I was working with. The, I started doing yoga with them. As the years went by and it was more embraced with, from the school system, I started teaching yoga to my students oh, and wow. to some of, the, uh, yeah, some of the other classes as well. It was really quite interesting. They, it worked very well for a lot of them, calming them down, helping them to focus, and just helping them to be in touch with their bodies because sometimes, depending on the students, sometimes their, their focus was outside of the body. So this was very good to bring their attention back That's to themselves. Fantastic. And what got you into yoga? I started doing yoga so many years ago when I was working in Halifax. I went to a bookstore and I stumbled upon this little book. I believe Richard Freeman was the name of the, the instructor. And I started practicing yoga in my basement apartment because it was I was missing the elbow room that I had on PEI. So uh, this was a good way for me to stay active uh, while indoors and I fell in love with it. As soon as I started, it just felt like I had known yoga my whole life. That's incredible. And while you were in EA, what were some of the things that you used to do with your kids yoga-wise? Like, was there specific classes that you used to teach them, or was it just more of a movement kind of? As time went by, I was allowed a lot more time to do practice yoga with them. We did um, quite a bit of breath work because that kind of slowed them down and brought their attention inward. So I would do different things with them using, for example, using um, their hands to indicate the length of their breath. So I'd put their fingertips together and I'd get them to inhale slowly as their fingers spread apart and then exhale as the fingers slowly came back. So they could get the idea of the slow inhale and the slow exhale. And the slow exhale, the slow breathing, really helped to calm them. And uh, depending on the student that I was working with, would depend on the structure of the yoga that I would teach them. Some of them were in a wheelchair, so that the, the form of, the of my yoga teaching would change. Some of them were super active, so then there would be a lot of standing poses to, to uh, ground them. As, as it progressed, I was able to do and asked to do yoga with smaller groups. For one thing, the student that I was working with uh, was able to interact with other students. Sometimes it was all special needs students. Sometimes it was students from within their class to sort of build that relationship with them. So it depended from year to year and student to student what I, I was teaching them. Fantastic. In 2001, you became a certified teacher of Hatha Yoga at the Temple of Kriya Yoga. Am I saying that correctly? You are, yes. In Chicago, Illinois. Can you yes. tell me about that experience? It was really an interesting experience, and, and I was very grateful for the Temple of Kriya Yoga. They, it, was, it was one of the first online yoga training classes, and I think maybe still one of the only ones. And the tricky thing was because yoga is such a physical thing, it was tricky to pull something together. Because I was working full-time and had two young, re relatively young boys yes. still, I couldn't leave for weeks or months at a time. So uh, this was set up where they would send a lot of information in for studying, the, the, more, the studying part of yoga. And then every so many months, I would travel to Chicago, would spend a week there in the more physical aspects of the postures. We'd do some testing, and then they'd send us back with more information to follow. Uh, to read and to study up on, and then we'd go back to 
to Chicago. So this was twice. Twice I had to go to Chicago for the physical aspect of it. And then we did some tests. That was done through here in PEI. The, oh, wow. the actual testing, not the physical testing. We did that in Chicago, but, but the book learning tests, so, so to speak. Okay. Um, we did from a library where there was a librarian present. So, you know, we would stay honest and Yes, of yes. course. And what made you choose to study at that temple in particular? Mostly because they they were teaching hatha yoga, which is a style I like because it's it's a slower moving. It it focuses on alignment and breathing and using your body as a weight. This particular course also integrated some Iyengar yoga, which is the yoga specifically for alignment and using props to keep your alignment like blocks and straps. And of course, the fact that it was, I could do a lot of it from home was really another draw. And did you find it difficult at all to juggle your life back home as well as trying to finish this program? It was. It was a full plate, yeah. Mm -hmm. How long was the program? It was a full year. What made you want to become a teacher in particular instead of just doing the yoga yourself? Good question. Because I was benefiting so much from yoga, both physically and mentally, it, I just wanted to share it with, some, with, with others. And I had some people, that friends of mine that, that I taught a little bit of yoga to before I took my training. They really enjoyed it. And that kind of led the spark, I think, to... And you were also certified in reflexology from the Footstep School of Reflexology in Toronto. Yeah. How long after you finished your Hatha Yoga did you start with reflexology? It was quite a few years. I can't remember the exact year that I took my reflexology training. And the thing that sort of sparked that was um, I had opened a yoga studio and wanted to offer more to, to my students. So... Um, I, I did some research online, and reflexology was always something that was of interest. So I did go for a few uh, treatments myself so that I would know for sure that that was something that interested me. And the lady that I took my training from, she would come to Prince Edward Island in the summertime and offer a training to anybody interested. So again, because I was working full-time and now I was working at schools and teaching yoga, I couldn't leave. So this was ideal because it was, it was done on weekends. So over the run of a few weekends in the summertime. And again, she did the same type of thing. She would give us the, the information that we needed to study and, and retain during the week. I would do my studying. And then during the weekend, I would travel to Summerside where she was set up and do my training. So, wow. yeah. And what exactly is reflexology? Reflexology is pressure points on the soles of the feet that the meridian lines that most people are more uh, familiar with acupuncture where the mm -hmm. mer meridians run down the sides of the body right. and they meet and turn at the, in the soles of your feet so those points that, uh, of meridian in the soles of your feet are connected to all the parts of your body oh. so if you have a say a short, sore shoulder and when when you press on that point when i would press on the point i could if a person had a sore shoulder they would feel a pain. It would feel a sharpness in in that point when I press on it. So wow. by working that, it's felt like little crystals in that in those points. So if there was a, a buildup of crystals, it stopped the chi from running properly. So by massaging out that point, it would release the little it, the little crystal like for lack of a better word, and it would allow the, the flow of chi to resume. Wow. That sounds amazing. It, it is quite quite amazing, yeah. And you didn't, so you, when you were studying there, you, you lived in PEI, like all the studying you've done for yoga and reflexology, it's all been from, from PEI. PEI. Yes. Wow, that's incredible. Did you find it 
difficult or did you feel like it impended on your learning at all or do you feel like it was just exactly fine? For the girl who didn't like school, I just loved these, these trainings because it was something that really fired me up. It was extra on my plate, but by then my boys, by the time I took the reflexology, my boys were, were growing and were grown and yeah. so it, that made it easier. And how long have you studied the art of yoga in total, would you say? Or are you still studying it's, it to this day? Oh, yoga is the kind of thing that I will study my whole life. Yeah. It's, it's huge, the amount of information. And uh, the more I study it, the more I realize how little I know. <laughs> so it's a lifelong process. Absolutely. Yeah. And what is your favorite thing about yoga? What makes you love it so much? It makes me feel grounded but light, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. A hundred percent. And it calms my mind. So plus it teaches me, I, I try to practice my yoga off my mat as well. So for example, when I find myself getting tense about something, if I can bring my yoga to my mind and I, and I use my breath after a few deep breaths, I can feel that I can release the, the tension or at least soften it somewhat. And have your, your sons ever taken an interest in yoga or have you ever tried to teach them well, anything? My oldest boy, not. He wasn't interested. He was more into lifting weights and, you know, plowing through stuff. <laughs> my youngest boy, Corey, he actually came to classes for a while. Oh, yeah. wow. And then when he moved from Ontario, he actually took some classes, but he seems to have drifted away sadly. So perhaps in another, you know, in another time in his life, he may go back to it. He's back. He's into lifting weights now. So that's okay too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more of Something to Talk About on Island Waves, the voice of Prince Edward Island. Island Waves. Something to Talk About is a series on everyday people and giving a voice into their lives. This series is dedicated to James David Withers, friend, mentor, author, and poet. And also to Shirley Eckhart, composer of our theme song, singer-songwriter, and namesake of our program, Something to Talk About. We're back, and you're listening to Something to Talk About with your host, Brittany Williams, and our guest, Joan Doucette. So, Joan, you took a cross-Canada trip in 2018. What made you decide to take one? Well, that's a good question. Both Jim and I had always thought we would like to do a long trip in a motorhome. We both like to travel, but we had three dogs at the time. It wasn't feasible to jump on an airplane and go someplace, so we decided we bought a motorhome. We both always wanted to do a trip across Canada, so we decided we would go for three months. So we would drive as far as we could for a month and a half, and then we'd turn around and drive back. <laughs> Our aim was to make it to the Yukon, which we did. Wow. We made it all the way to the Yukon, and uh, yeah, it's a massive, beautiful country we live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is it ever? And where did did you started in PEI, and you ended? You didn't end in Yukon, did you? Yes, we did. You did that, and then you came all the way back. And then we came all the way back. What was yes. it like traveling for three months in a motorhome? Uh, it, was in, it was interesting. We had three dogs, small, medium, and large. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was quite an interesting trip. It was absolutely magnificent. And I will never, ever say that any place in the Maritimes is too far away because <laughs> when we were traveling in some, some of the huge provinces, like Ontario is massive. And it took us a long time to cross, cross to yep. 
Alberta, it was really a big, it's a big province, because yeah. it's Quebec. Northwest Territories was an adventure. Uh, we could drive sometimes for half a day without meeting another car. Wow. Uh, trees, both sides of the road, no cell coverage. It was beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. Incredible. And your three months, what were some of the highlights from your trip? Hmm. I think seeing the mountains, beautiful. I mean, living on PEI, things are so flat for the most part. Yeah. A few rolling hills, but the mountains are just breathtaking. Being in the in the Northwest Territories, it was so remote. You always felt felt like you you were all by yourself. You know, you felt like you had so much elbow room and just so much space. It was just, uh, I mean, here on PEI, there's not. It doesn't take long to get from one place to another, but it was a whole experience being there because everything was far away. And I remember because my son had worked out in the bush. He always said, "Mom, when you guys are driving, if you come to a, a, a garage." Stop and fill up. Doesn't matter if your tank's almost full because you don't know when the next garage is going to come. And he was right. So we we would drive and drive. There were so many. We were looking for for uh, wild animals because we don't have a lot of big game around here, yes. especially. So I think in northern Saskatchewan was probably our highlight as far as animals go because there's a huge national park up there, and we saw this beautiful elk that because the animals didn't have to worry about the humans because mm -hmm. they were protected we drove by this elk and he was so massive he just continued to graze on the side of the road while we slid by him and and we saw mama bear and her three cubs it was just amazing there there was a, a few small i guess you'd call them little towns within that huge park the animals were walking around on the, on the streets and it was just, it was just so fantastic i love that yeah. what time of the year did you guys leave pei uh, we left in june early june it's perfect time it, it was and we we were so lucky with the weather we had one rainy day in those three months and it was while we were in up in ontario and it wasn't a heavy rain either we yeah. would just we had the canopy open we sat underneath the canopy but Every place we went, the weather was good. I mean, we just seemed to slide in between the, the rainstorms. And and what was it like having the, your three dogs with you in the motorhome? Was that a lot of times? It was a lot of times. I suspect if we had hit a lot of rainy days where we had to be confined with, within the motorhome, we may have found it more confining. We didn't have a huge motorhome because the price of gas was better then but still not great <laughs> yeah it was pretty thirsty rig it wasn't too bad because we spent our time we'd we'd sleep in the motorhome we'd eat sometimes in the motorhome but for the most part we were outside that's perfect yeah that's a great trip yeah it was really nice and based on that trip you wrote the adventures of cooper the field mouse what inspired you to write that book <laughs> two days in about two days in we realized we had a mouse in the camper and it was hiding in the wall. We could hear it. Jim considered looking for a mouse trap, and I wouldn't let him, being a vegetarian and an animal lover. Yes. I figured he'd leave at some point, which he did. Uh, we, I think we were in, in Ontario. We got up one morning. It was quite cold. So we turned on the, the uh, furnace. Mm -hmm. And when we did, it made quite a bang, and I suspect scared that him. scared him mm -hmm. because we didn't hear him again after that. So he's... <laughs> Living in Ontario somewhere. Based on that, you decided to write the book because yes. he had traveled with you from yes. PEI? And I wanted to write something about our adventure in, in each province. There was something special. And it seemed like a, a writing it in a children's book seemed like a good way to share it with the younger people 
in my life. So as well as the the older people in my life too, just a way to share things. Have you ever thought about writing before that? I have, and I actually did. I do have a book, a meditation book for children that wow. is sitting on a stick collecting electronic dust. Maybe I will spur me into actually getting that one published, but at the moment I'm, I'm just quite happy with the little one that I've written. And Absolutely. And how did you get it published? Did you know somebody or? No, actually, I went online and I checked different publishing companies to see what they what they offered. I wanted to publish in Canada if I could, but financially, the publishing company in the U.S. gave me the better deal. And the reason it was an expensive endeavor was because I needed an illustrator. Anyway, I'm pleased with the job that they've done. They've done a really incredible job. The mm-hmm. illustrator has done a wonderful job. Yeah. So I went with with a U.S. company. And how did you get in touch with the illustrator Wendell Iborla? Is that how you say his name? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. He, he worked for the publishing company. It's, okay. uh, the, the company is, is uh, Ex Libras. He's, he's one of their illustrators. Perfect. That's handy. Yeah, he was. And did you have any challenges writing the book or getting it published? Writing the book, I joined a small writing group. A friend of mine is, is a writer. She's a, a playwright. Anyway, she, she invited me to join her group which we did, it sort of kept me focused because I would write a little bit and then I'd get busy. I'm always doing something outside gardening or yes. whatever. And I would put aside and next thing I know, a month had gone by, six weeks had gone by. And so once I joined this little group, we met on a weekly basis. So I had to put something down. Sometimes it was just a paragraph, but I, I, it kept me focused enough to finish it. And where is your book currently sold? Um, actually, there's some copies at Home Hardware in Montague, downstairs. Um, there's the little secondhand bookstore in Montague that has a few copies. And the Coopers on the, the highway, Coopers. And I know you said that you had written a book before that was sitting on a stick collecting <laughs> some uh, digital dust. But do you plan on writing anything else in the future? I'm not sure. I've always wanted to write a book on yoga. But I'm not sure if that will ever come to fruition or not. And your book is also available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, correct? Yes, it is. So after you went on your trip in 2018, we were hit with a pandemic of COVID-19. How did that affect you? It affected me because um, the the class numbers dropped, of course, and Mm -hmm. there was no yoga for a while. So I sort of stepped back from teaching until the mandates were lifted. It was a bit of a more freedom to move around. I got back into teaching at TCAP. I used to do quite a bit of classes for GoEast before the pandemic, just finishing up a class here in Mary River. Fantastic. And what are the biggest changes in your life since then? Since the pandemic? Yeah. I feel like my life has gone back to pretty much where it was before. Teaching less yoga, so a little bit more time for me and my partner, Jim, and and the dogs. It just feels good to be back to what feels like a normal life. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And then after we got over the pandemic, we were, of course, hit with Hurricane Fiona late last year. Were you badly affected by the storm? Yes, we were. We live live in a a small house in the woods, so it looked more like tornado damage. There was Mm -hmm. pieces of trees with just clusters that were down. Uh, so we're still cleaning up, actually. We've got enough wood for the next two years, already <laughs> cut, blocked, and waiting to be burned. That's just, we've just touched it. So yeah, yeah there's a lot more to do. And were, did you lose power at your place? We lost power for 14 days. 14. Yeah. What was that like with your partner uh, and dog? Thank God for our generator. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, and the fact that it was, of course, a, a mild time of the year. So yeah. 
Yeah, we did spend a lot of time outside again. And yeah, it was it was again the forced quiet, right? You, mm-hmm. you, there's not much you can do when you've got no power, so totally. we were forced to sit a little bit more and relax a little bit more. And yeah, I think for me the the hardest thing wasn't to lose power, but to lose my trees. Yes, it was like losing friends. Say so they've been I've been enjoying them, and they've been shading me for. The, the full 20 plus year, probably 25 years now, been where I am now. It's been a long time to uh, admire these beautiful creatures and have them go down. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is. Yeah. So you currently teach at Town and Country Aquatics Plus in Montague and Go East PEI. Yes. What classes do you teach? What kind? I teach beginner class for Go East as well as Montague. And I also teach a chair class in Montague for anybody who has some physical issues that doesn't allow them to get down on their mats, the chair class is a nice alternative. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And you enjoy that, obviously? Very much. Yes. yes. And how long have you been teaching at each place, respectively? TCAP, probably 20 plus years. And Go East, uh, it was probably five years I was teaching for Go East. And this is your location in Murray River when you teach Go East? No, not always. No? They, they've, I've had I've had classes in, in many locations with boys. Belfast, did a short stint in Southern Kings, here in Murray River, Cardigan, I know I'm forgetting some place, but, <laughs> and, and some TCAP, as well as the Wellness Center in, in Montague as well. Okay. So. Do you have any advice for someone thinking about studying yoga or taking any of the courses that you took? Would you have advice for them? It will be worth the effort and yeah. the money because it brings so much to your life, not just in physical benefits but mentally spiritually it's just such a beautiful way to tackle is not the right word but tackle your life it's a beautiful way to walk through your life and very spiritual way too yes we're going to take a quick break but we'll be right back with more of something to talk about on island waves the voice of prince edward island Yoga East offers all islanders from adults to seniors and share yoga classes to improve flexibility, quiet your mind, and feed your body and your soul. For more information, contact and support your local yoga guru, Joan Doucette at jonesyoga at gmail.com. We're back, and you're listening to Something to Talk About with your host, Brittany Williams, and our guest, Joan Doucette. So, Joan, you do yoga classes for Go East PEI, but you have your own business called Yoga East. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Once I was certified, I taught at the TCAP for a couple of years, and then I decided to open my own yoga studio, which I did in Montague, and uh, named my business Go East. Uh, sorry, Yoga East. So that's where where the name came from, because we're in Eastern Canada, where, uh, but yoga is very much an Eastern philosophy. 
when I closed my studio and decided to go uh, at TCAP full-time, I kept the name, but I don't have my, my studio anymore. Where was the studio located in Montague? It was located above the fire hall. Above the yeah. fire hall? It was uh, a nice little space. It was uh, quite warm in the summer, but for, there were yogis. They were very flexible and didn't complain about it, but it was, it was a nice little spot. And now you're under the Go East PEI and that's a provincial program, is it? Yes, it is. How did you get hooked up with them? The executive director at the time, Jacob Smith, called me. Uh, he was looking for yoga instructors on this end. The location that he was looking for was a little bit remote, and he needed somebody to cover that. So he called, and yeah, I told him I would be happy to. It, what I love about Go East is that it makes these programs affordable for everybody. Mm-hmm. As much as I love yoga, I and I get it when you have a yoga studio or you're renting a spot to do yoga, you have to pay for that spot. With Go East, it allowed me to teach yoga at a rate that, that was available to anybody. That's very important. Yes, very much so. So what does the rest of the year look like for you, yoga class-wise or book writing-wise? Well, the yoga class, as far as, as I know at the moment, will continue as it is. My, my, uh, my classes at TCAP will continue year-round. Mm-hmm. As far as the Go East, there's a, a bit of a break in the program, and summer is usually they take off for doing paperwork kind of thing, and then in the fall, hopefully, we will be starting up programs again. In, in the summertime, do you do any of your classes outdoors? Oh, yes. We that love going, going to the beach. I, I usually, at least a couple of times in the summer, I, I try to do a class on the beach. We do a lunar class, which is uh, during the full moon. Uh, so <gasps> that is really spectacular. Yeah. We usually go to Pamir Island because it's a beautiful beach. It's clean. It's nice and wide. And sometimes, and we also try to do a daytime class, like a Saturday morning or Sunday morning class for those who prefer not to come uh, to the later classes. The, the lunar yoga has to be fairly late, especially... Yes. In the summer, we try to do that one more, leaning towards September because it gets dark a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. and the sun the sun goes down, and you can see the moon rising quite often over the water. So beautiful. it's really quite beautiful. Yeah, that would be such a beautiful scenery to be doing yoga in. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's an experience. So, what advice do you have for yourself at age twenty, looking back on the life that you've lived so far? What advice do I have? Yeah, find your voice and speak that. your truth. I love that. And do you have any more plans to do another cross Canada trip or any traveling anytime soon? Probably not. No. We may do some traveling around the Maritimes, mm-hmm. but we did we did let go of the motorhome because we hadn't used it for a couple of years. With the pandemic, it was hard to travel, so we, we decided to sell. So I don't know that we'll ever buy another motorhome. We do like to do day trips, but my oldest dog, uh, Draco, who is one of the characters in the book, by yes. the way, he's he's a golden retriever and he's quite old. So he's he's arthritic and climbing in and out of a motorhome Hard. doesn't work. He doesn't yeah. even get in the car anymore. So until he's passed, uh, probably won't be doing any traveling. That makes sense. And what are your plans for the future? Are you planning on doing maybe any more classes or studying anymore? Hmm, good question. <laughs> uh, at the moment, nothing comes to mind that I want to study, but I've said that one before. I would like to do a yoga retreat. I would like to, I, I used to offer retreats for my students a couple of times a year, 
so sometimes in the next year or two, I would like to offer a retreat. That's usually done in a fairly isolated location, and it's a full day. At some point, I would really love to do a weekend retreat, but it's a lot to ask people to give up a whole weekend. So a day, full day retreat usually works best. Yeah. So possibly in the next year or so, that would be something I would like to do. Would you do it in the summertime? Yes. That would be incredible. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more of Something to Talk About on Island Waves, the voice of Prince Edward Island. Good day, children. This is Nana Anna. Be sure to tune in to Storytime with Nana Anna, where I'll be reading the adventures of Koopa the Field Mouse, a dandy story written by local author Joan Doucette, right here on Island Waves. And you can get your very own copy of The Adventures of Koopa the Field Mouse at Barnes & Noble. Also on Amazon, at your local home hardware, twice upon a bookstore in Montague, and Cooper's Red and White in beautiful downtown Belfast. So, get out and support your local author, and tune in to Storytime with Nana Anna, right here on Island Waves, the voice of Prince Edward Island. to something to talk about with your host Brittany Williams and our guest Joan Doucette. So Joan, just going back and touching base on the book again, I would like to know if you have any tips for new authors or people that are trying to become authors. Should they do a self-publishing route or would you suggest, you know, a publishing company or do you think it really matters? It just depends on the person. That really is pretty individual. It, mm -hmm. it will depend on the person. You know, if you're really um, good with computers, and you don't mind delving into stuff like that, then the, the self-publishing is a really good way to go. I am mm -hmm. not that person. So for me, it was easier to look for a publishing company. And some publishing companies do a little bit of both. So I would recommend anybody who's interested to do some shopping, go online, find the, the names of the companies. For me, it was a children's book, so I just typed in publishing companies for children's books, and I got a list, and I contacted them, asked them if they could give me some information. They all had some packet of sorts that they sent online, and I reviewed, contacted a few of them, and there were some really good companies. I just, at the time, could not afford what was being requested. And for me, the children's book was so expensive because of the illustrator. And, Shop around. And would you ever write a memoir? Ever think about it? I had never thought of writing a memoir. I guess, never say never. Right. But at the moment, no, it's not, it's not something that I'm thinking about doing. And where do you see Joan Doucette in the next 20 years? Oh, well, possibly still teaching yoga, but I'm not sure. Definitely still spending time in nature. And because I am curious, I will probably be have my fingers in something else. Not sure what yet. Okay. Uh, I guess I guess in my mind, if I can keep my my curiosity going as well as my body going, 
Who knows? That's beautiful. And do you have any advice for the kids these days or any words of wisdom that people can live by? Find something you love. We spend a lot of time, a lot of our day hours working at something. So find something you love. Be kind to yourself and that will extend on to others. And stay curious. That's the most important one. Most important one. It's always something to find and explore. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Joan, and sharing your stories with us. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure to have you. You've been listening to Something to Talk About with today's guest, Joan Doucette. I'm Brittany Williams for Island Waves, the voice of Prince Edward Island. Talk About is a Door in the Floor production in association with Winterlude Studios for Island Waves, the voice of Prince Edward Island. Executive producer and creator, Virginia Winter. Research contributions by Brittany Williams, Tracy Law, and Helen Balms. Audio technical and director assistance, Brittany Williams. Post-production, Winterlude Studios, Prince Edward Island, Master Editing, Virginia Winter. The producers would like to acknowledge and thank all of our participants of our series, Something to Talk About, who generously gave their time to be interviewed and share their lives with us. And to Holland College School of Journalism and Mass Communications, particularly to Brittany Williams and to Lindsay Carroll. Special gratitude of thanks and appreciation to our technical guru and advisor, Dr. Watson Ohms, and to Millie, our loyal canine companion and moral support. Something to talk about is a door in the floor, Winterlude Studio production made possible with support from Prince Edward Island Senior Secretariat and the Winter Foundation for Island Waves, the voice of Prince Edward Island.